In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The Ethiopian eunuch that we meet in Acts chapter 8 was a man of great possessions and responsibility. We're told that he is a high-ranking court official of Queen Candace, the Queen of Ethiopia. We're told what job that he had. He was placed in charge of all of her treasure. And we're told what he does while he's on the road, traveling in his chariot in his spare time. He reads the ancient religious texts of Israel, what we would later call the Old Testament. Picture it. A man in all of his pomp and circumstance, riding in a fancy chariot, filled with the treasures of Ethiopia, ivory, gold, hides of hippos, and tortoise shells, and priceless stones all around him. Yet he is gripped by such modest words, written on a scroll of parchment. To so many, the words in the Bible are meaningless words. Worthless words, pointless words, words that hold no value, no power, no hope. Yet to this Ethian eunuch who has everything money could ever possibly buy, these words reveal a treasure unlike anything he's ever laid his hands on. A treasure that the queen herself did not possess. A treasure that lasted for all eternity. But what was it? Where could he find it? So while returning from a trip to Jerusalem one day, he continues his hunt for this heavenly treasure by reading these words from the prophet Isaiah. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the Ethiopian eunuch was cut to the heart. Who's the one led to the slaughter? Who's the one who was silent before his own accusers who would accuse him to die? Whose life is taken away from the earth? This person... Whoever he is, is the treasure that he seeks. But who? Was it Isaiah? Was it someone else? Around that time, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, Philip, led by the Holy Spirit, jumps into that chariot. Picture it. A poor man with no earthly treasure and ragged clothes and dirty and broken sandals with no place to lay his head at night dropped by the Spirit of God into this ornate golden chariot to proclaim to the wealthiest of men a treasure that overcomes sin, death, and the devil. A treasure that lasts for eternity. A treasure that no moth or rust can destroy that he doesn't have. So Philip opened his mouth. Beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Jesus was the sheep led to the slaughter for the sins of the world. Jesus was the lamb who before his shears was silent, so he opened not his mouth. As the crowd shouted, crucify him, crucify him. 
and the religious leaders condemned him to death. In his humiliation, justice was denied him, yet he opened not his mouth. Jesus was nailed to a cross, and his life was taken away from the earth. Jesus is the one Isaiah prophesies about. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord of heaven and earth, he walked among us, and we killed him. We received the greatest treasure this world has ever known, and we threw it away, and we buried it in the dust where moth and rust destroy. Jesus died on a cross on a Friday afternoon. To so many, the death of Jesus was a meaningless death. A death that contains no worth, no significance to their life, no power, value, or hope. Yet to this Ethiopian eunuch, this death was the greatest of all treasures, that God had made atonement for all of his sins and opened the very doors to heaven itself through the sacrificial death of the Lamb of God. The very treasure that our hearts burn for, the very treasure of paradise that neither withers or fades, is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. His death, his humiliation, his blood that was shed, his life laid down for you is far more precious than silver or gold or any costly treasure of this world. For though he was dead and buried in the earth for three days, God raised him from the dead. And in Jesus, the grave itself has been swallowed up in victory. Death has lost its sting, and the forgiveness of sins has been won for you. And repentance and faith in him alone must be proclaimed to all the nations, according to the Father's mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The eunuch is cut to the heart. What must I do to be saved? To have this eternal treasure of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. As St. Peter declares in Acts chapter 2, this promise, this treasure is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And the Apostle Peter has written, Baptism now saves you. And the Lord Jesus has commanded, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Picture it, that Ethiopian eunuch sitting there in the midst of all of his pomp, power, prestige, and pleasure, surrounded by the finest and rarest earthly treasures, and all he wants now is simple water, combined with God's word, this eternal treasure, the heavenly gift of holy baptism through which God pours out his Holy Spirit and rescues you from death and sin eternally. To so many, the waters of baptism are meaningless waters, deemed worthless, unnecessary, unneeded, something that can be put off or held back, prevented from others. They can go without it for a time. They'll take it or leave it. 
These waters hold no power, no value, no worth. Just like the cross. Just like those words on a page written so long ago. But to this Ethiopian eunuch, baptism is not a work of man. The death of Jesus was not just of a man. And the words of the Bible are not words of man. All these things are the powerful working of God. Baptism saves. It works the forgiveness of your sins, rescues you from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this as the words of God declare. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Baptism is an eternal treasure that moth or rust can never destroy. Oh, about that time, all by the Lord's design, the chariot happens to come across some water. Ah, look, Philip, there's some water. What prevents me from being baptized right now? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and he flees from that chariot filled with all the treasures of this world that can never satisfy the soul eternally. And he goes into the water, and he's baptized by Philip. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, receiving the eternal treasure of Christ's atoning work meant just for him through these heavenly means. For all that Jesus has accomplished for you by his perfect life, sacrificial death, and glorious resurrection, the forgiveness of all of your sins is most certainly delivered in that water combined with God's all-powerful word. And the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing, for the first time eternally comforted that the doors of heaven now laid wide open before him. Dear saints, rejoice in your baptism. When God the Father made you his own and washed you clean and worked forgiveness for all of your sins and gave you the very treasure of heaven itself, Jesus Christ, your Savior. Rejoice that you have received a treasure that no man can break in and steal. Not even Satan himself can rob you of the comfort found in the waters of your baptism. For as St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3, that God has saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Rejoice. Again, I will say rejoice in the mighty power, wonder, and working of God in the water of your baptism, through which God saved you eternally, and the doors of heaven now laid wide open before you and your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord Jesus calls to himself. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.